Welcome to the Elliot Confidential Podcast. My name is Christopher Elliot, and I'm here with my boys, Aaron and Iden. Elliot, how are you guys doing? Doing, doing good. Uh, <laughs> and we are in Busan, South Korea today. Didn't expect to be here, actually. I thought this was a Japanese cruise. I know, I know. Korean. We took a detour. <laughs> yeah. Oh we uh, crossed the Strait of Korea late last night, and uh, it, this is just part of the itinerary. We went and we did it. We'll talk about our, our tour today, which was pretty interesting. Um, and But we really do want to talk about what's been happening in Japan because I think this is a uh, the kind of cruise, an expedition cruise, that is worth doing, and we want to tell you more about it. But first, our question of the week, which is, have you ever done a detour on your vacation or trip, like an unexpected detour, gone somewhere where you didn't expect to go, like, I don't know, South Korea? Have you guys done anything unexpected? Well, I think that we've always done detours. I mean, we end up going to one place and then we realize, oh, I actually want to do this other thing mm -hmm. as opposed to what I originally came here for. And detours we have made a lot of on this particular cruise. For example, yesterday when we were in Nagasaki and we decided to just, you know, leave the tour and do our own thing. That's strike right. out on our own. Yeah. And you explore a lot of interesting stuff that way. So tell us in the and comments. I'm, I would say your uh, life is full of detours. I mean your plans change almost by the day and you're like you've got plans to go back to the states soon and go to a conference but we never know what you're going to do you're like you're extremely unpredictable well i i have a interesting detour coming up soon um <clears throat> i'm going to a, a conference called vid summit and it's meant for um people who uh, are like in the marketing industry. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also a bit of a focus on uh, YouTube and video marketing, etc. So I'm going to the US for that. And then I'm taking a detour to a friend of mine's hometown. And then from his place- In California. In California. That's quite a detour. Hopefully um, drive up to Spokane, Washington, where uh, is tech, that's technically the, uh, residential state that I'm yeah, that's in where you live, right. to Sorry. get a uh, driver's license and then from there Vietnam. So Uncle that's Pete. a yes. very interesting travel plan. And uh, true to your uh, past, I guess, uh, detours, this could change at any minute. Like your, yeah. your, your plans, like one day you're going to Dallas and the next day you're going to LA. So it's We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. So anyway, tell us about your detour, please. We want to know about it. The comments are open. We'll read your comments in the next podcast. And uh, we've got some interesting comments in, from last week that we're going to read. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to get to those. So what do you guys think of Busan? It's very rainy. What do you yeah. think, Aiden? Rainy. Yeah. Also, the infrastructure here is very interesting. The uh, oh, yeah. highway is scary to ride on. Busan is the second largest city in Korea. Yes. And uh, it's extremely developed. If you imagine a science fiction movie, like a dystopian sci-fi movie with lots of high-rise apartments that really are too big to be like normally, they're, they're just huge high-rise apartments. That's pretty much what Busan is. And then like cut and paste along the entire sea, you know, along the mountains is just one apartment building after the other 
And these are not just any old apartment buildings. These are massive, you know, colossal structures. Yeah. And uh, it really, it, it reminds you of those photos of, I don't know, like Istanbul or maybe Ulaanbaatar and also some places in China. It seems to be like something with communism or whatever that they build these similar looking monstrosity in, in the sense that they're enormous and they house thousands, if not tens, tens of, thousands, of thousands, or yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And it's just interesting to see how that, that this whole city was developed. And interestingly also, I was listening to the tour guide on our way back because all of these tours are, uh, you know, you get in a bus. Yeah, you get in a bus, yeah, right. Yeah, because it's a, with a, because it's with a cruise. And interestingly, these highways that they built are based off of the, well, the engineers were taught in Germany yes. by the same people who made the, uh, what was it? Autobahn. Autobahn. Yeah. Yeah, but if you look at the infrastructure, it looks so American. Yeah. These highways look like they're interstate highways. Yeah, even the signs look like you're driving down an interstate. Yes. So where do we go? I'm, we went somewhere today. Can you talk a little bit about that? We, we went to first to a tomb. Yeah, they have the, these giant buried tombs, and they look just like uh, big yeah. hills yeah, giant earth out mounds. in the fields, just yeah. randomly strewn across. And uh, some of the hills uh, come in pairs. And those are for couples. Yes, his and hers tombs. Yes, right? and some of them are just alone, and they're for the old kings of uh, Korea. Yeah, this was the old capital that we went to. Fascinating place. Not that many tourists, even though this is a Saturday, and they had excavated one of the mounds. So we went inside and we saw, um, you know, how they were buried, and really, really very interesting how uh, this whole area developed. And and we heard a little bit about the history of Korea, about the Korean War, and about Japanese colonialism. Uh, very, very interesting, and how far really Korea has come, mm -hmm. or at least South Korea has come since the war, where now everything is, it's a much more affluent country and much better developed, for better or worse, I should say, because, yeah. you know, these, <clears throat> this kind of apartment living is not for everyone. Exactly. But I think uh, the most important point of this tour was as a tour of the Shila dynasty, which is spelled S-I-L-L-A. Yes, but and not S-H-E-I-L-A. No, as, not, as not Shila like it's a, yeah. like a woman's name. <laughs> no, uh, the Shila dynasty was southeastern Korea, and uh, that was southeast of the Korean Peninsula, and it existed for a thousand years, surprisingly. Yeah. And so... These mounds were the tomb sites of the important leaders of this dynasty. And, and so a lot of interesting stuff happened here. They, uh, for example, they built a lot of temples because the Shila dynasty instated Buddhism as their state religion. And so we got to also see uh, a temple. Easily the most beautiful temple that we've seen so far. And we've seen a lot of temples. So we will post some pictures of those temples yes. and uh, show them to you because it's, it's something that I think if you go to Korea, this is definitely one of the stops that you have to make. We also checked out the museum, which had the original items that they excavated from the burial mounds. And that was also really, really interesting. Fortunately, they had uh, bilingual signs so we could read what, they, what these things were made out of gold and silver and mm. just a lot of precious metals. These guys had some serious money too to spend. 
Yeah. Well, we also, when we were at the museum, we found a 7-Eleven in the perimeter, which was surprising. Aiden, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It was a good 7-Eleven. We had some nice food. How is it different from a Japanese 7-Eleven? Well, Japanese 7-Elevens, they have more options. <laughs> uh, okay. They have a, you know, nice onigiri selection. There, They had something like fried rice type thing. Yeah, it was fried rice and mayonnaise rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we couldn't eat those. But, you know, just generally speaking, no, I think onigiri, Japanese... Can you just explain what an onigiri is? Onigiri is a rice ball with uh, some sort of filling. It's, and it's then shaped like a triangle. It's shaped like a triangle. Yeah. And uh, on the outside, they have uh, some seaweed mm. paper, um, and they're really good. But Seven uh, Eleven, you know, it's an American brand, but it, it was failing in the U.S. And then apparently, a Japanese company bought it, and they they fully own it. So really, you can't say, "Oh, I'm going over because Seven Eleven is like, an, oh, American. This very American." Yeah, it's a Japanese In reality, it's a now. at this point, it's a total Japanese company that they just bought mm -hmm. an American company and so most things there are not translated into English except the onigiri which is nice. Let's jump back to Japan because we've been in Japan for almost a whole week. Korea was the detour and by the way don't forget our question of the week which is tell us about your favorite detour um, but we have spent some time in Japan. The highlights I would say were Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and then we've done a couple of the coastal towns. What were your impressions, guys? I think Japan really, when I look at it, Japan is unlike anything that I could have expected. When I come to Korea, though, I kind of expected Japan to look like that. Mm. It's interesting where if you look at the temples and the way things are here, for example, the roofs are very distinctive, especially in the countryside. I expected Japan to look like that, yeah. where you'd have the big cobblestone streets and the particularly Asian-looking sort of gray, gray-blue, uh, what do you call it, roofings. And I just didn't find that in Japan. Japan is much more industrial-looking, minimalistic, yeah. and it reminds me more, a lot more particularly of Norway than it does of anywhere else that I've seen in Asia. Yeah. Whereas here in Korea, I feel like any movie or any representation of Japan is really just a Jap representation of Korea. Yeah. I, that's what it feels like to me, at least. Minimalism is very prevalent in Japan. Yes. Everything is only what it needs to be and nothing more. Yeah, because the, you know, the tsunami is going to take it away anyway, <laughs> basically. Oh, jeez. Hopefully not. Um, I didn't... You've been looking forward to this visit to Japan for such a long time. You've been studying Japanese. You studied Japanese for, I would say, almost two years. It's been two years, yeah. And, and I was very impressed you were able to go into your 7-Eleven and speak to the uh, cashier in Japanese, and you were able to ask for directions. I'm just, wow, that's, because Japanese is not an e easy language to learn. But tell me about your impressions of Japan. Um, you know, I watch videos on YouTube, I get recommended them all the time, uh, about, you know, food in Japan, uh, biking routes in Japan, surprisingly. Really? Uh, scenic places to visit, and uh, so I've kind of had a little taste just by looking at all these videos, but, you know, seeing it in person, it's a different experience, but it's, it's very, um, close to what I've seen and heard um, 
and it, all I've noticed really is that it's a lot harder to understand people speaking Japanese in person, mm-hmm. whereas you know you're listening to it on a computer and they're speaking into a mic and they're compressing the audio. It's easier to hear, but you know some people have spoken to me um, in Japanese. And it, later on, I'll think back, and I'm like, oh, they really spoke to me in a very simple way, and um, I just couldn't understand in the moment. Like, uh, they, so one of them was just uh, saying that they couldn't speak um, English, um, and I just didn't understand them at all. And I said, <laughs> well, what would you say? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And they're like, I just don't speak English. I've been practicing my I don't speak Japanese face, which is like a deer in the headlights. The thing is, is there, there's not much that you need to learn. You just need to say, do you speak English? I don't speak Japanese. Hello. Goodbye. Thank you. I, I'm having a hard time with even those very simple phrases, yeah. I have to admit. Even with goodbye is kind of tough because the way that everybody thinks you're supposed to say goodbye, sayonara, it sounds like you're leaving them forever and you're not going <laughs> to see them again. Well, so you always have to say mata, but um, uh, you might not actually see them again, and even then, that kind of sounds weird. Like if you if you're going there for one day, and you're at a cash register, and you say mata, or uh, usually they would just they they wouldn't even say that. Like let's say you're like with a tour guide, you wouldn't say that at a convenience store. (laughs) That's a little bit too uh, informal. But like let's say you say that to your tour guide at the end of a trip when you know you're going to leave, it just sounds awkward to me. Yeah, I've been like uh, saying things in Japanese that I, was, it's, I would consider the ritual slaughter of the Japanese language where, you know, they say good morning is ohayo gosaimasu. And I've been saying ohayo gosanimasu. <laughs> Which is like that's like a uh, Latin. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you've also said I'm just slurring my words. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I just uh, don't know much Japanese at all. So deer in the headlights. That's what I'm doing. Um, I think though that there's more of a universal language if uh, if you bow slightly. Uh, if you smile politely, mm-hmm. and you have if you to give them a vapid <laughs> smile, <laughs> a cold right. smile, right? And you don't use any brood uh, gestures. I try not not to use my hands. Oh, but too that's much. very communicative. <laughs> yes, um, they are very appreciative of that. They uh, they really value good manners yeah. in Japan. Yeah, they also value um, recycling here. I mean, have, have you guys uh, noticed yeah. that every place that they have a garbage can, there's like three of them. One of them is for specifically pet bottles, not not the type of pet you're thinking of. Pet is a throw my pet away. It's a type of <laughs> it's a type of plastic, yeah. um, and you're supposed to separate the cap from the bottle. Throw and you're also supposed to separate the plastic um, that is like the uh, the packaging. So just the bottle, and then you throw the cap and the um, piece of plastic on the top of the bottle that is like um, shows the brand in another one that's just general. Um, burnable, uh, sorry, non-burnable trash, and then you put like paper and um, uh, uh, wooden things in the burnable trash. Combustible. Yeah, combustible. Wow, so, I had no idea. We're not done with Japan, not by a long shot. So this next week, we're going to be touring the rest of coastal Japan and then heading mm-hmm. toward the capital. Really looking forward to that. There's a lot that we don't know about what we're going to do. We just have a very vague idea of what our schedule is. Yeah. So we're I mean, gonna, yeah, that's gonna be pretty interesting. And speaking of vague, our last podcast 
I talked about how we sometimes wake up in the morning and not know where we were. And I asked uh, our listeners if they ever woke up in the morning and not knowing where they were, and <laughs> they did. Barb says, I wake up at home and I wonder where I am. No kidding. <laughs> I do wonder how the weather is going to be since it's so weird these days. And I wanted to say, uh, also, you miss the opium farms uh, when you were in Thailand. Oh, well. We'll have next time. Um, so yeah, um, I don't, I don't think we're going to be doing any opium farms while we're here in Japan. Mickey says, my last trip to Japan was a fast turnaround. I got into Tokyo in early evening and had to catch a, uh, the bullet train, the Shinkansen, which I'm sure I mispronounced. Shinkansen. 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 Thank you guys. Someone told me that going for a swim would help hydrate me. <laughs> I didn't unpack, um, I put my swimsuit and robe on and I went to the pool. And when I got back to the room, I realized I, I hadn't unpacked. I decided to sit down for a moment and then I woke up four hours later, still in my robe in my swimsuit. I think I've done that before. Whoa, man, that's trippy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, I have situations like that that I've happened before. Sometimes I'm so tired that we'll go to a place and I'll fall asleep, like maybe on a bus, and I'll wake up on a couch and I'll, yeah. I'll think to I've myself. I've seen you sleeping in places that uh, don't, most normal people don't sleep. How the hell did I get on this couch? <laughs> Nancy says, before I retired, I traveled a lot for work. And uh, once after traveling to several cities, I woke up in the wee hours trying to remember where the bathroom was. I broke out laughing when I realized I was in my own bedroom. <laughs> That's good. I love it. Uh, Jonathan says, thanks for all the kind words, and it was great seeing you. Um, wishing you safe travels on your never-ending journey. Jonathan, right. of course, we met Jonathan in Chiang Mai. Yep. That was fun. That was lots of fun. I like Chiang Mai. Certain parts of it were really fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, seeing Jonathan was like one of the highlights of, yeah. uh, of being in Chiang Mai. Yeah. Sam says, uh, we arrived in Bandar very late at night, finally uh, going to sleep at around 2 a.m., at five, the TV came on in full volume with the man speaking very loudly in Arabic. We sat straight up. What? Where are we? Scared us and the TV couldn't be muted or turned off. We finally realized after several disconcerting minutes, it's the morning call to prayer. We've had that happen to us, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, when we were in Qatar, we got woken up. Turkey, we every morning oh, we Turkey, got yeah. woken up by uh, the call to prayer. I'm sure in some countries they're louder than others. <laughs> Turkey was pretty loud. Yeah, Turkey was really loud. Um, our, uh, our question of the week for this week is, have you ever taken a fun detour, an unexpected detour, and you want to talk about it? Our comments are open. We would love to hear from you. Hey, one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about before we got off was the ship, mm -hmm. the um, Lindblad slash National Geographic Resolution. We're moving now. We just started moving. Yeah, I know. The, the wow. ship just started moving. It pulled out. It's pulling out of the port. What do you think of this, this ship here that we're on? It's quite nice. Quite nice. You know, I like it. I think that it's pretty... Some parts of it are pretty standard. I like the spacious rooms because I think that, you know, having seen other ships, I, can, I know that it can get pretty cramped. Oh, it's, yes. We but, have been on small, yeah. uh, in small rooms before. Yeah, I like the fact that this is really well designed for cruises like 
every single cabinet has a locking feature so that way you know motion doesn't affect it which is yeah. wonderful um you know this is a smaller boat than i think the last one we went on which was the hurty rooten yes that, um, uh, the one that we took down to the antarctic that was a larger ship this ship actually does go down to the antarctic yeah it, um it does and and it, it has the icebreaker in the front so it's actually meant for it's not meant for these waters it's meant for polar waters yeah. mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit over prepared a little bit yeah i would say mm. um and it is uh, my understanding is that after it's done with japan it's heading down to southeast asia where we just came from so we yeah we they're doing some similar cruises like they said they were going to do one of okinawa and taiwan yeah and after that something else i, th I would be interested in seeing okinawa and taiwan but we can we can always come back. Yeah, I mean we can always do that later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like the ship a lot. Uh, the the crew has been very friendly. They uh, the they really invest a lot in training. You can tell these guys uh, know what they're doing. They're extremely friendly and accommodating, and the food has been pretty decent too. Um, I mean, I really, I would say the breakfasts are the highlight. The <laughs> Aaron doesn't agree with me. I mean, I, I love the fact that they have fruit. I've been on ships where they have, they run out of fruit halfway through the journey and they start on the canned fruit. Oh, I, that was the last boat we were on. And yeah. it was like, oh no. Yeah. They started going for like the canned, uh, it was the canned uh, pineapple. Yeah, there's no yeah. resupply in the Antarctic. So oh. you have to take it all with you. But um, the, today, for example, they made us uh, extra special. They made us some vegan pancakes. They were really good. You didn't have them. Oh, no, you did have them, Aaron. I did have them. And I didn't wake up in time. Anyway, yeah. uh, ship is things. good. If you uh, are thinking about doing a cruise, an expedition cruise, this, uh, the Lindblad cruises are, are great. They're, uh, they're priced a little on the higher end, but you get a lot for for your money and uh, you get a lot of individual attention too. There are many um, seminars that they have at the end of the day where they talk about history and things like that and uh, and I think that if you're kind of a history buff you would really appreciate that. Anyway we are off just to, to actually the ship now is moving and we're headed back to Japan so we will report back next week and tell you all about uh, the second part of our adventure in Japan on our coastal cruise. Right. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye. All right. See you guys later. Bye.